Here we go. Today's daf is daf Nun Zion, page 57 in the Heli Gemesachas Kedushan. We got to the two dots, about eight or nine lines from the top of the daf. We're up to Be'egla Arufa. Our Mishnah says that if you marry a woman with an Egla Arufa, a decapitated calf that was brought in between the two cities when you'd find a dead body, so the Bezdin would come and declare that they're not the type of town, we're not a culture that leaves our travelers without the proper support. The, uh, so you, uh, then somebody goes and takes that decapitated calf and marries a woman with it, the Allah is you're not married because that Eglarufa has, uh, is forbidden to benefit from. Okay, so here we go. Says the Gemara, and all of our learning today should be a big schus for those living in Eretzor, those in the IDF, those in captivity. should be an aliyah for the neshama, for those who lost their lives, and a schus for Rafua Shalema, for those who need a Rafua and a Yeshua at a time where the entire world needs Rafua Shalema. Here we go. Menolan, how do we know you're not letting benefit from in Eglarufa? Um, Amri de Rabbiani, they learned in the Yeshiva of Rabbiani, Kapara, Ksivba, Kikotcha. Because by Eglarufa, use the word Kapara the same way it says by Kotcha, by, by things that are like Carbonis. Uh, and the same way I can't make personal use of Carbonis, I cannot make personal use of Eglarufa. Since I can't make personal use, I can't marry a woman with it. Tzipari Mitzayra. We said he can't marry a woman with the birds of a Mitzayra. How do I know you can't benefit from that either? Tony Bishmo, don't the Yeshiva Bishmo. Namar Machshir, Machapar, Mibifnim. He uses the word machshir umachapir inside the area of the base hamikdash. Number machshir machapir mibachot says it outside the base hamikdash as well. Ma machshir machapir omer bifnim also by machshir kimachapir. When you do a process inside the proper areas of the base hamikdash, we consider whatever was done to be a proper kapara and a proper atonement. Af machshir machapir omer bechutz also by machshir kimachapir and the birds of let's see of the mitzayra even though they were done in a different area outside of the base of Mikdash, but it's still considered a process of kapara, a process of atonement, and anything that's part of the process of atonement is going to be forbidden to benefit from. Okay, says the Gemara, in Mar we learned, at what stage of the sacrificial process do the birds of Mitzar become forbidden to benefit from? It becomes forbidden at the time of slaughtering. From the time that you separate it and establish these specific birds to be my Mitzar birds. Okay, so is it from the moment that it's set aside? That's one opinion. But Rabbi Yechinon says no. His beloved brother-in-law, Rishlagish's beloved brother-in-law and Mekariv, Rabbi Yechinon says from the time that it's slaughtered. Shechita, why? Says the Gemara. Shechita hu da asrali. Because it's the actual shechita that causes the prohibition of benefit. Now what does that mean? What it means like this. According to Rabbi Echelon's opinion, as soon as I designate the birds, that does not establish them as these strict Mitzorah birds. It's only once the process has gotten going. For example, for example, yeah, there's a big lesson that my mother would share with us is that don't have big plans and do nothing. There's times where it's important to have a dream and to have a vision and that, you know, the bunch of knows our thoughts. And sometimes there's no way to come to fruition. There's other times where we're like, we wish we do something. We wish it is in our whole lives. We wish we did it. We wish we did it. We did it. And then we don't do it. Rebbe says, this is one of the situations where if you didn't actually do it, you didn't do it. That's it. 
like the birds of a Mitzayra. If you didn't actually shecht it, there's not enough Kedusha. Mishlokash Amar Mishas Nekicha. Mishlokash says, no, it's Mishas Nekicha. As soon as I separate it, because Megla Rufa, Nafka learns after Megla Rufa, Magla Rufa, Mechaim, just like Megla Rufa, is already forbidden to benefit from before it's decapitated. So the birds of a Mitzayra are usher, become forbidden to benefit while they're still alive. Megla Rufa, Gufa Mei Masai. How do you know that an Eglarufa itself is forbidden to benefit as soon as it's set aside? Omar Abiyanai. Abiyanai says, I once heard a uh, logical boundary to explain it, but I don't know why. And then his friends in yeshiva reminded him the importance of a chabura. Yeah? Nobody knows everything. We always need the outside help. Then it's once it goes down to the un- What's the, uh, not unworked That's the The, the valley virgin. that you bring The Eglarufa virgin, yeah. virgin soil Right The valley that you bring The Eglarufa to Has to be land That's not worked Once it's brought down there The process has already started And one And that's when it becomes Forbidden to benefit from Says Gemari Ma Eglarufa Mishas Tekicha Lai Mitasra Afti Paramitzer Nami Mishas Tekicha Lai Mitasra Well if you're going to tell me That you have to go down to the valley And it's not just when you designate The Eglarufa Why don't we say the same thing With Mitzayra It shouldn't be for the time of designation Right it should be from the time you bring it to the place that it has use. What do you mean? It has a space which tells us it has to be. But the birds Is there any other specific area that the Torah instructs us to uh, that the Torah instructs us to bring it to? Which means when the Torah says it's got to be in the same place, okay, so when it's in that same place. But when it comes to the birds, and it doesn't mention the place where you bring the bird to in order to do the, uh, the process, the Torah is obviously letting me know that it's not dependent on going to that location. Hence, it's already forbidden to benefit outside of that location. That's a challenging question to his beloved brother, all kosher birds, you could eat which includes a bird that is mishulachas. A bird that is sent away. Okay, what does it mean a bird that's sent away? We know every Mitzorah took two birds. One bird was slaughtered, another bird was brought out to the field and sent away. So a bird that's sent away remains kosher to be eaten. And what type of birds cannot be eaten? That's the bird of the Mitzorah, which was shachted. If you're going to tell me that the bird that's set aside to be shechted is already forbidden, do I even need to tell me that after shechita is forbidden, already became forbidden at the time that I designated for slaughtering? Says I would have thought to say, I would say it's like kachim de mechayim asiri is forbidden, while to lie, and the shechita comes along and makes it kosher, therefore comes along the pasuk and lets me know that a, the, the birds of a, uh, the bird that's shechted of a metzaira, is going to be usher even when it's no longer alive. That's a challenging question. If somebody shechts the Mitzayra bird, and it turns out that it wasn't a kosher carbon, turns out that it was a trefa. It had uh, something wrong with it, which made it no longer, uh, made it basically a defective type of bird. Now the type of thing, obviously, you couldn't see beforehand. So what do I do? So you take a zug, you take a partner for the other one, and this one is now um, uh, remains 
the, the first one becomes mutter bahana. It's, for, it's permitted to benefit because it wasn't a carbon. If you're going to tell me that these birds are asr even while they're alive, why do we allow the first one to be mutter bana? The ma'isu is set aside to be a carbon. What are we dealing with? When it's found to be a trafe in the stomach, when it's that type of issue, it turns out that retroactively it never had sanctity. Since retroactively it never had sanctity in the first place, the. Um, the uh, we don't say it loses its status of kedusha. Never took on status of kedusha, so we're fine. You see, that's a challenging question. Once set aside for a mitzvah, it remains usher. Since bottom line, it didn't fill out its proper use. It's now mutter to benefit from. seems to imply around the slaughtering time of the process. One opinion is that if you shecht an animal, that's not kosher, okay? But it's called the shechita. So it remains forbidden. No one says like this. You shechted it as part of the process of an offering. But guess what? It turns out it wasn't a carbon. So you didn't shecht it as part of an offering of a, of a, of a carbon because the whole thing never started. It's not a carbon. So it's not called the shechita. But the bottom line is, while it's alive, it's not usher. It's not going to be forbidden to benefit from. It says the Gemara, no, you're right that according to that brisa, um, you would have a proof that while it's alive, it's not usher. However, there's a machlekas tanom about it. You're only bringing out one side of the story. Again, in classic Gemara fashion, what the Gemara is doing is teaching us how to think, and somebody could give a very, very uh, powerful proof and explanation as to why they're right with backup and sources. But if you know that you have your own backup and sources, then God's fine. You're still in good shape. Yeah? So we got we to gotta make sure we know Tyra. Uses the expression of machshir that it's fit to be a carbon and it atones as a carbon in areas that are inside the holiness of the base. Like we quoted before, okay. And therefore, since the Torah connects the two types of sacrifices, memela. We, um, uh, we're going to say that it uh, retains its prohibition. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted b'risa, you can eat the kosher birds. What did we say? We just learned this earlier on the Omud. The rabbi says, you can eat the Mitzayra bird which is set free. What can't you eat? The Mitzayra bird that's shechted. The rabbi says, says the Gemara, how do you know? Maybe the one that's sent to free is the one that's forbidden to benefit from, and the one that's shechted is the one that's permitted to benefit from. Yeah? It's got a kosher shechita. So mehecha tesi this over that. How do you know that you view it one way over the other? No, I'll tell you why. Because it makes more sense to forbid animals once they are killed than while they are alive. Because it's not common. It's rare. It's rare. You can look at an animal that's alive and say, oh, I already know that that is forbidden tea. Is, is that statement true? But we now turn to If you have an animal that's muktzah, 
Okay, what does it mean? It's mukta. Rashi says, set aside for avodah worship. You have an animal that the the cherch, yeah, the uh, the other religions set it aside to bring to their uh, idols. The balichayim nenu, they're alive now and they're still forbidden. Basiri says, asiri the mishrashar. What does it mean forbidden? Forbidden as a sacrifice, but it's kosher as a, as kosher meat. You should know if you have an animal that a human committed an act of bestiality with it, that animal is alive, but you're not allowed to eat from it. So you, over here we have a case of a live animal, and it's already forbidden to eat from while it's alive. Answers the Gemara. Let's go back and re clarify and say, you're right. It's possible to find a rare case where you have an animal that's alive and if it's shechted, it's not kosher. But it's not common. Okay. So, again, okay, what are we trying to find out? We're trying to... The, the Brisa had said, Mitzayr has two birds. The one that's set free you could benefit from. The one that's shechted you cannot benefit from. We asked, how do you know? Maybe switch it around. Okay, so we're coming to bring proofs about uh, which one's which. It says in the Pasuk, it's set out in the freed in the field. We compare it to a field, a regular field is permitted to benefit from. So that's how we use the expression of Sada, of a field, to tell us that it's the one that's set free, you could benefit, but not the one that is killed. Says the Gemara, really? Is the word field coming to teach me? That the one that's set out in the field could, is forbidden to benefit, is, is permitted to benefit from? Is that really what the purpose of that verse is? We need it for the following. What does it mean in the field? That you shouldn't stand in Yafo. And you, you shouldn't, the material shouldn't take his bird uh, that he's going to send away and throw it towards the Yam Godel, the Mediterranean. Begavas or stand in Gavas, and send it out towards the um, towards the desert, presumably towards the south. Uh, and you shouldn't be outside. Send it inside. What do you do? You stand inside of a city and send it outside the wall. That's what it means. Sod says the Gemara. A question. You see that sod is already used for this limud. Don't tell me so is coming to teach me that it's the animal, it's the bird that's set for you could be permitted to benefit from. Not true. I, I use the word Sada for something else. Good question. Says the Gemara, like a good Jew, instead of giving you an answer, we'll challenge you with our own question. The Idach. Says, Hasada. Sends it out in the face of the field. You could have just said send it out in the face of, of field, and I would know. It means inside the wall you send it of the city, you send it outside the walls of the city. So I learn out both. Again, what are the two things I'm learning out? That when you send away the Matsara bird, it's from inside to outside the city. And I'm also learning out that it's the bird that's set free that's gonna be mutter, gonna be permitted to benefit from. Rav Omar <coughs> Rav says, Tairas Shalach That the Torah doesn't tell us I'll tell you a proof. That the bird that's set free is permitted to use. Get ready for this. You ready? Foundational idea in Judaism, Hebrew. The Mitzrayim has two birds. He sets one free. One is shechted. I know one's permitted to benefit, one's forbidden. 
It's got to be the one that's set free is permitted. You know why? Because otherwise, you're going to be walking around when you have chicken on Shabbos. You might be eating a, a non-kosher bird and not even know. The Torah wouldn't give you a mitzvah to do. That could cause a stumbling block in Allah for another year. There's perfection to the Torah. And therefore, logic dictates, says Rava, it's got to be the bird that's set free. That listen, if you're telling me to send it away, and I don't know, uh, you know, I, I don't know one bird from the next, identifying birthmarks. So, it's got to be that one's permitted. Beautiful. Okay. Next case in the mission. If somebody marries a woman with the goat set aside to be the sacrifice of a nazir, Allah is you're not married. Manolan, how do you know you can't benefit from the goat of a nazir? I'm sorry. Goat of a nazir, what am I talking about? Sayar nazir, the hair of a nazir. Yeah, the hair of a nazir. No goat, yeah, sorry. The seir nazir. Manolan, Damakra, Kodashia, Gadel, Peirea, Sa'ar, Raishai. It's holy when you grow the hair of the Nazir, the growth is holy. What happens when something's holy? I'm forbidden to benefit from it. doesn't say that it's Kaidash as far as the payments are, because it says Kaddish. So therefore, it's referring to the holiness. It's holy like Hektish. I can't benefit from it. You can't marry a woman and benefit from the Kedusha, uh, a firstborn donkey that has holiness. Says the name of like Reb Shimon, the Tanya, Patechamar, Osirban, Reb Shimon allows a firstborn donkey to benefit. Now, according to Reb Shimon, if I could benefit from a firstborn donkey, it seems I should be allowed to marry a woman with it. Yeah, let me marry a woman with it. Amr Ibn Nachman, Amr Abar Arifa, Okay, it's referring to after the Arifa, after we made a mum, we, we broke the back of the neck, and everybody's going to agree in such a scenario that um, the Kedusha was removed, and it would be permitted to benefit from the, uh, the uh, Egla. Basar B'chalov, you're not allowed to benefit from Milka meat. This is very, very important halach, very important halach. You can't benefit from Milka meat. What's the source? I cannot eat meat and milk. I cannot cook meat and milk even without eating it. And I cannot benefit from meat and milk. And this halacha, which is practical halacha, halacha lemaisa, is not following all opinions because there's another opinion. If Shimon Yudah says you're allowed to benefit from meat and milk, you just can't eat it. Just like by regular non-kosher meat, it's permitted to eat. It's forbidden to eat, but permitted to benefit from. So too over here as well, by uh, meat and milk, it's permitted to benefit from. Okay, the mice, we don't pass like that. We, we don't rule like that. Uh, we don't rule like that, but it's... Uh, but uh, there, there, isn't, there is such an opinion that you can benefit from Basar B'cholov. Okay, back to the Mishnah. <clears throat> the Mishnah is, You cannot marry a woman with chulin, animals that do not have holiness, that are slaughtered in the Azar. What is the source? 
shecht my stuff in my house and your stuff in your house. Okay? Mashali b'shalach aser. Just you can't shecht something holy in your house. Avshalach b'shali aser. You can't shecht chulin. That's yours in my house. Says Gemara. Imashali b'shalach anushkaris. Now, if you shecht something holy, what's called shchute chutz outside the proper area, you have an obligation of kares. Amar krav al pesach elmayv leivil lakrav korban lasham benechras al korban anushkaris al chulin shesh lebazara ein anushkaris. Yeah, you should know over there. There's a chiyav kares. But let's say I shecht chulin lazara. There's not going to be a chiyav kares. So both are forbidden, but. Things that are holy shechted outside carry a kares obligation. Things that are unholy shechted inside do not carry. It's a negative transgression, but it doesn't carry the kares obligation. Ikla mefrak says the Gemara, but I can knock that off by saying mal shali b'shalach shekin onish kares. Maybe you should say it's actually it's actually the same. Yeah, it's in other words, ask the Gemara like this: either tell me they're completely the same, or tell me they're completely different. Because you're starting out with a logic based upon the pasuk. Yeah, which is Hashem says that's what's holy in the base of Mikdash and not holy inside your own house. And now the whole thing goes in a circle. So why would it come out that if I shecht my thing in the base of Mikdash, I, it's a prohibition, but not a card. Either tell me it's all fine or or it's all curries. A different source. I have another source telling me that Khulin in Nazara is forbidden to benefit from. Three times, Why do I need to tell three times? If you're far, if the, the place is far away from you and you which means if you're away from the mizbeach, you're allowed to shecht um, animals that again are not holy. You could never shecht holy animals away from mizbeach. But Again, if you have your own animal, you can't shecht it inside the base of Mikdash. Excluding Chulin, telling me that it's not allowed to be shechted inside of the Azara. I only know that an animal that does not have a blemish, um, you cannot shecht inside the base of Mikdash. It's more like this. What if I take an animal, it's Chulin, but it already has a blemish, so it was never fit in the first place. So maybe that's less of a problem. I find this question to be fascinating. What we're saying here is like this. When something's fit to be a carbon, a chutzpah to bring it, not as a carbon in the base of mikdash. Something's not fit to be a carbon anyway, maybe it's less of an issue. Maybe it's less of a problem. Yeah? Says Gemara, no. Marbani has bali mumin, shikane, min machshir. I'll include bali mumin because they're the same type of animal. Even though it has a mum, it's also a beautiful message, a beautiful message. You can't make it a carbon, but it's still... The same type of animal. Aye, it's different. Beseder. No, people are different. People are different. And therefore, whether I have a mom, don't have a mom. If it's chulin, it doesn't belong in the base of Mikdash. the rabbi says a chaya. How do you know about chaya? That a wild animal that's not fit to be a carbon. Only domesticated animals are fit to be sacrifices. How do I know that even if I shech them inside the base of Mikdash, it's forbidden to benefit from? Because it's it's shechted the same way a, a, a behema domesticated animal is shechted. Well, what about minayin rabbi says Birds are not shechted the same way as animals. Okay, why? Because the way you shech birds is not written the word shechita. Okay, so anytime there's a shechita, you shecht it. Says Gemara, fine. Beseder. I would say, don't shecht them inside the Beis HaMikdash, inside the courtyard. 
In other words, I have chulin. You're not going to shecht chulin. Fine, don't shecht it. But what if I do? Maybe I should still be forbidden. All you tell me is that I can't do it. How do I know once I do it, I can't benefit? You're not allowed to eat that which is inside the base Hamikdash in a nearby place. And again, maybe it's only referring to perfect animals are really carry because again they're fit to be a sacrifice. I know to include blemished animals. came in because it's the same type of animal, same logic we said before. Last step for today. I might think like What if you don't shecht it? Maybe don't shecht it at all, right? But if you did shecht it, fine. Beseder, don't eat it. But maybe you could benefit from it. Give it to your dog. Other types of tray for food you can give it to a dog. You can't feed chulin shechted nazara to a kelev. We'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, Chavra. Bez Hashem, tomorrow night, same time.